Scripture reading, our message today comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Hear these words, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in the six days the Lord made made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. This is the word of God for the people of God. It's a joy to be with you all this morning, and it's a joy to sit with this text out of the book of Exodus, which I know we, we all love. It's one of those books that we just are so inspired by. It's uh, so uh, riveting, tons of dramatic action, lots of law. But it's good. And this is one of those passages that I think there's a, a lot to unpack for us today. As I, uh, I want to ask a question to begin, to, to, to pose and kind of play with and think about and wrestle with. If I was to ask you, what are the core beliefs of Christianity? I wonder what you might say. For uh, a lot of people, I think they might say, well, I think of the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Even Jesus says in the Gospels that this sums up the law and the prophets. So that might be a good answer. I'd probably say, yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Good job. All right, we can, we can move on. Uh, I've heard other people say that passage from Micah, right? Or excuse me, is it Micah? Double check my notes. Yes. What is required of you, O man? And then you've heard what is good. The Lord has proclaimed it, that you would act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. I think that's a pretty good answer. Those things are sort of uh, some of the core beliefs of Christianity, if you were to kind of summarize it into a, a nutshell. I've heard a lot of people also say the Ten Commandments are pretty timeless, right? We should probably believe those things. No other gods before me, honor your mom and dad, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet, don't commit adultery, right? You all nod your head, you know the Ten Commandments, please, Jesus, help us all, right? Yes, okay, we know the Ten Commandments, we'd say they're, they're kind of timeless, um, and I think they're timeless for a lot of reasons. Um, as, I, as I do go down the list uh, with my friends and colleagues and, and parishioners, people usually say something like this, I'll say, okay, the Ten Commandments. No gods before God. And you might say, check. That one's pretty timeless, right? Um, and no idols. Check. Good. We, we, we agree. Don't take God's name in vain. Check. Agree. And I'll say, Rem- remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And usually people go, well, I'm not too sure about that one. Maybe that's culturally bound and, and we don't have to re- remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We don't have to deal with that a whole lot. And I keep going, right? Don't uh, honor your mother and father. Check. Don't murder. Check. Don't, don't steal. Check. Don't commit adultery. Check. And uh, don't covet. Check. Why is it that like, the Sabbath one gets us sort of hung up? It's like the only one out of the ten that people usually take beef with. And I want to explore that a little bit today. I want to ask a number of questions as we uh, sit with this passage. So as we think about Sabbath, I want to ask the following questions. One, what is Sabbath? All right, that's a funny word. Two, do we need to follow the Sabbath? Three, how in the world do we keep it holy? 
I don't know what that means. Four, why in the world is Sabbath important? And five, how in the world can I make Sabbath work in today's world? What does that even look like in my life? Those are the questions that I wanna wrestle with today. So let's start with the first one. What is Sabbath? Sabbath is mentioned over 108 times in the Old Testament. It is the seventh day of the week, and in the Jewish mindset and year, the land was to lay fallow. That means it wasn't to be plowed or worked every seven years. You're supposed to let the land itself rest. So not only do the Jewish people believe that they should rest as people, but they gotta let the land rest as well. They're supposed to let like the cattle and oxen and all, all these things sort of rest and relax and not work them. It was this rhythm to life. It literally means to rest from labor. Sabbath means to rest from labor. That was one number one. Number two, do we need to follow the Sabbath? I'm going to give you my short answer, and then I'm going to give you my little bit longer answer. All right? Do we need to follow Sabbath? Yes. Okay, that's the short answer. Yes. So you can write that down and say, got it. Josh answered the question. Do we need to follow the Sabbath? The answer is yes. Now, okay, I'm going to go a little bit deeper for some of you who are like, that's not good enough for me, and so let, let's unpack this a little bit. We need to follow Sabbath for a couple of reasons. We follow the other Ten Commandments, and so why wouldn't we follow this one? And plus, it reflects on the golden rule. Can you imagine, this may not be very difficult for some of you, working for a boss that demanded that you work 24-7. Some of you have already had that experience, I know. And you know it's not very pleasant if you work for a boss who constantly demands that you work 24-7 all the time. And so as we reflect on the golden rule, this do unto others as you would want done unto you, you want rest. You desire to have a day off where you can watch the game and hang out with your family and play 42 or whatever it is, right? That's what you desire. You desire rest. So why would you not give that to somebody else? Rest is this thing that we need. And so I think we need to follow the Sabbath because we were made for the Sabbath as well. Even more, if you look at the seven days of creation, right? God creates, you know the story, nod your head. God creates, separates the light and the dark. He creates animals and land and sea, and he puts whales in the Pacific for some reason. And then, you know, there's ferns and beautiful trees. He says one day they'll build a city there called Lake Jackson. This is like God creates all these things. And then on the seventh day, God rests. So if we're just to follow God's example, if we think God is leading a good example, maybe we should do what God did too. Maybe we should rest as well. Instead of saying, I need to work 24-7 for everything, for the next promotion, for whatever it might be. No. Maybe we need to follow God's example. So, do we need to follow the Sabbath? Yes. You could even say, because God did it and God set it as an example, yes. All right? So that was my short answer, yes, and you got my little bit longer answer as well. So how in the world do we keep it holy? What does it mean to keep the Sabbath holy? Now there is this ancient understanding that there are kind of two things in the world, right? There are the, the ordinary things and the, the holy things. And so over here is a clay pot, and it's used for, I don't know, cooking chicken noodle soup, 
or you know, washing people's feet when they come in through the door, or it's used for carrying water from the town well. You can come in and do your clothes with it. It's a clay pot. It's ordinary. Now, what makes that ordinary clay pot sacred or holy or more beautiful? Well, it's the intent you use it with. It's you set it aside for a different purpose. And so you might have the town, I don't know, potter? Yes, make the clay pot, and he makes all of his clay pots. You use them for baking, cleaning, cooking. Those are ordinary things. But if you go to the same potter, and you take the same clay pot, and you say, we only use this at church for baptism, all of a sudden, it is holy and sacred. It's set apart for a different purpose. And so the intent of the purpose is how you keep something holy. I'm going to argue that there's nothing really special about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're all just days of the week. But what if you treated one day of the week as different, as set apart, as sacred, as holy? Some of this stuff is already baked into our culture, right? College games are on Saturday. NFL games are on Sunday. Those are holy times. <laughs> they're just they're set aside for particular uses. Right? March Madness happens one time a year. In March, it's holy sacred space. We're supposed to honor that. <laughs> and so some of these things are natural rhythms of our life. Right? We know that our work schedule is sort of baked in. Most of the time, it's Monday through Friday, and you get Saturday and Sunday off with your families. Generally speaking, unless the plants offer an OT, or unless you're working a special project or you're shutting down something over here, I get it. Or if you're a pastor and you work on Sunday, I don't get Sunday off, but that's how it goes, and that's okay. So the question is, which day of the week are you setting aside? Which time are you saying, this is holy? This is not to be infringed upon by the other demands of the other days of the week. That's how you keep Sabbath holy. You set it aside for a different purpose, and you guard it fiercely, which is going to make a lot of people around you angry, right? But that's okay. We can, we'll get there. You guard it fiercely, and you say, this is my Sabbath. This is my rest. I have to do this. Not because I don't love you, not because I don't like you, but because we need this. Not only do I need this, but so do you. So do you. And that's how you set it aside and make it holy. All right, we're tracking now, right? Question number four, one left, then we can go get lunch. Here we go. Why in the world is Sabbath so important? Folks, we were not made to go 24-7. Heck, we can't even go 24-1 right? Like, I just fall asleep after I'm done with a really hard day at work. I might work 12 hours or 13. You get it. Eight, four, doesn't matter. Depends on the sort of the intensity of the work. Then I come home, and I got dinner, and my eyes are like, I am, I'm done. I'm going to sleep. It's busy. So we need Sabbath. It's so important. I could go on and on and on about the psychological benefits of rest, but I'm not a psychologist. You can just Google it. Benefits of Sabbath. There it is, and they'll tell you the 10 top things on why Sabbath is important. But let me offer a theological reason on why Sabbath is important. I can do that. Let me offer you a theological reason why Sabbath is important. 
We serve an all-powerful God, a God who, quite frankly, needs nothing because God is sufficient in God's self. Nod your head, you've heard these things before. So why in the world does God rest? Was God tired? Did God build the world, create it out of nothing? And then all of a sudden say, oh, what a doozy. I need to take a nap. No, God is all powerful, completely sufficient in God's self. God does not need Sabbath. So why does God rest? I've alluded to this a little bit. I think God rests because he's trying to teach us something about ourselves and who we are. Can you imagine if God didn't rest? Maybe people would say, I know who God is. God is the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things, and that's it. God is known by what God does, not by what, who God is. God is not defined by what God does or creates or his job title or anything like that. God says, I am fine with who I am. So fine, in fact, that I can take a break from creating and still be God. Friends, you can take a break from your work and still be you. You can take a break from raising the grandkids and still be grandma and grandpa. You can take a break from being that caretaker of the aging parent and still be yourself. You're not defined by the tasks that you do Monday through Friday. You are made in the image of God and you are a human being. You are yourself, not what you do. I think God is trying to teach us that in creation. God does not need rest. God is sufficient without it. I would argue you and I are not. We need rest. And we need to recognize that our sufficientness is found in God, not in what we do day in and day out, which typically defines who we are in our culture. I think that's why Sabbath is so important. It teaches us who we are. All right, so how in the world can I make Sabbath work? You all know that old Dolly Parton song, right? Working nine to five. No longer in COVID world does that song make any sense. It's much more like working from 6 to 6.15, 6.30 to 7.45, 8 o'clock to 8.30. Y'all tracking with me? Nine. The song stops somewhere around 11 and just rolls off the tongue. It's so easy to sing. Um, It is difficult, especially in this hyper-connected world where my emails are just forced into my phone. And I'm like, I don't want to look at that right now. Or my phone starts dinging and it's texts. And I'm like, "I'm, I'm supposed to be on vacation. Right? This happens to all of us, so don't act like it doesn't happen to you, right? You're sitting there having a good conversation with your spouse, and all of a sudden your phone's ringing. This happened before the age of the internet. We'd gather as a family at the dinner table, and you know what happened, right? This is when they called. You know it. The, t- the little marketers on the phone, the little phone on the wall would start ringing, and my dad would be like, yep, it's Sears again, or it's, you know, it's, what- <laughs> it's whatever, Our lives are constantly interrupted. They're they're hyper-connected. It is so easy to work and be engaged, and instead of unplugging, we're constantly sort of like half-plugged in. 
And as a side effect of that, our attention is divided in probably 15 or 20 different ways all the time. So we're left with this question, Josh, how in the world can I even make Sabbath work? I want to offer up a couple ideas. First, I want to kind of set aside this idea that Sabbath is, don't think of it so much as a literal term of 24 hours, but think of it much more of the intent of that law. The intent of that law is that they would not do work 24-7, that they would set aside time that's sacred and holy, where they would connect with God and each other. Okay, well, if that's the intent of Sabbath, surely we can glean something from that, can we not? We can say it's important to rest. It's important to set aside time to connect with God. That's why we're here this morning. It's important to connect with each other. That's why we're here this morning. That's why we might go out to lunch afterwards. These are all opportunities to engage with each other and to set aside time that's sacred and holy. So I want us to reject the idea that it has to be 24 hours in one block, but look for those moments and times during the week where you can set it aside. Or better yet, if you get really good, begin to pencil it in and say, you know what, I need to take my vacation this year because I haven't taken a vacation in 15. Or maybe I need to set aside time to call my mom or my dad because I haven't done that in quite some time and I need to reconnect with them and just tend to that relationship. Whatever it is, the things that happen on Sabbath, you begin to work them into your schedule as opposed to just hope that it happens sometime. So begin to work it into your schedule and don't think of it as 24 hours. The second thing that we need to do to really practice Sabbath is we need to identify the things that give you life and joy. Um, and uh, I might be a little sexist here, but men, I think that means you need to find a hobby. <laughs> you need to, like doing things for work off work hours does not classify as a hobby. Um, I was going through seminary and I love philosophy and theology and I went before um, a committee that would sort of you know, ask you these things like how are you practicing work or how are you practicing play or how are you practicing Sabbath? And I said, like, reading Wittgenstein and Jürgen Moltmann doesn't count. And they're like, no, no, that's work. That's professional development. It does not count. You have to do things that do not directly benefit your occupation. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> You're saying words that I don't understand. Uh, this means you need a hobby. This means you got to pick up gardening. You got to pick up playing the guitar. You got you to pick up learning piano again. You, 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 you got to paint you gotta, you got to do something that does not directly influence and build up your occupation. Does that mean you stop doing those things? No, certainly not. But you got to find something that's life-giving, something that sort of takes your mind off of the objective that we constantly hold, which is how we better ourselves professionally or better our investments or whatever it could be. Do something that brings life and joy to you. Find a hobby and nurture it. Better yet, nurture it with somebody else in community. It's a way to build a relationship. That's one way I think we can make Sabbath work. The third way I think that we can make Sabbath work, um, and this is a little, I don't know. I'm still feeling this one out. Y'all go with me. I think the Jewish people were so good at honoring Sabbath because they did it collectively as a whole, as a community. They did it together. And we live in a very individualized society where we don't have that same sort of communal support. I'm not talking about blue laws, or I'm not talking about bringing all that back. I just think we need people to do Sabbath with. We need friends who understand the importance of getting away. We need family that says we connect at this time every year, and we set it aside, and it's sacred time, the 10 relationship. We have to keep each other accountable. 
Sometimes this looks like, um, you know, I'll sit down and my wife will say, I need to go for a run. And I say, yes, go. Curate and cultivate Sabbath in the person you love and the person that you spend time with. Encourage them to find rest and things that bring joy and life to them. Don't hold it against them. Don't be resentful. Don't berate them. They say, like, I'm going to go in the other room and paint for a little bit. Will you watch the grandkids? Yes. Yes. Go. Go. Enjoy. It's a way that we can hold each other accountable for Sabbath and a way that we can spur each other on to keeping it as well. I think that's why people are so successful in this is when they lean in to community. Man, what in the world would it look like if we took Sabbath seriously? If we seriously understood the implications for Sabbath? I think for one, all y'all's blood pressure would just go down a couple notches, right? If we just seriously, that's supposed to be a joke. I don't know what your blood pressure is. I'm not your doctor. But really, I think if we just, oh, whoo, right? The edge would come off a little bit if all of a sudden we took time to rest. I think our blood pressure would just drop down a little bit. I think our work would be more focused. If I'm able to get away and come back rejuvenated, all of a sudden I'm ready for the task at hand. I'm not thinking, geez, when can I get out of here? Or can I go on vacation? Like if I actually take rest and then I come back to my work, I'm ready to go. I'm focused. I got energy for the task that is before me. What would it look like if we took Sabbath seriously? I think our relationships would be enriched. If we had time to connect with each other, our relationships would be enriched. Our community would be transformed because we would not be so high strung and at each other's necks. We would just be in community together. So this coming week, I got uh, an application for you. You're not going to like it. You might, I don't know. Find a Sabbath. Find a Sabbath. It's that, it really is that easy. Find something that gives you life, connects you with someone you love, and nurture and cultivate that. And that is what rest and Sabbath looks like in your life. And when you find it, guard it. Guard it and cultivate it with someone you love. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.